Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. I used to. Anybody watch Good Morning Vietnam? Too soon, probably. But anyway, I used to. I, I used to always want to be Robin Williams in that. But this week, I've got uh, Ronnie Watson on the podcast, and yes, I have children screaming in the background. Happy screams. They're playing on the PlayStation. But uh, Ronnie was uh, suggested to be on the podcast by a good friend of his, Mike Doggett. And Ronnie's one of those people that has been popping up on my Facebook as the people you should know or people you should friend or whatever it's called. And I never did. I have now. Uh, we're besties. But we uh, chatted and had a great time chatting. Again, one of those interviews that I didn't have really high expectations going into it. I knew this w- it would be a good interview because if Mike Doggett says, you've got to talk to this person, then I assume they're probably pretty cool. So... Thanks, Mike, for the suggestion. Thank you, Ronnie, for coming on. And I appreciate the chat. Make sure you leave a five-star review or just an honest review, whatever. I love reading that stuff. I've actually gone in and read some of my uh, peers' reviews on their podcast, some of those other sort of theater-centric, education-centric podcasts. And it's fun to read those things, so... Thank you to those of you that have left one, leaving five stars. Get a, get a hold of me on the Twitter at Mr. Blake Miner, or you can Facebook friend me. But again, make sure you tell me who you are. So I don't have a lot to talk about this week, not nearly as much as I've had over the past couple weeks, but I do want to quickly touch on the fact that my daughter, oldest daughter, Ava, is currently playing soccer. She's in her first year of soccer and has taken on the goalie uh, the, the, the the role of goalie, if you will, to keep theater relevant. Uh, she's taken on the role of goalie really well because uh, her father, myself, I think, I think, I don't know, haven't seen the records, but anyway, her father has uh, a history of playing goalie. I played for 10 years when I played soccer. That's the only sport I played really with success, with mild success, because I struck out twice in t-ball, knew immediately after that second strikeout, that maybe this wasn't for me. I think my father knew more than I did. Uh, I'm not a basketball player. I'm not at all a basketball player. I can I can play and not embarrass myself, but just not my thing. And then um, uh, football, nope. My coach, Coach Gertie, shout out to Coach Gertie, Welch Warriors. Uh, don't know where you are, if you're even still alive, because you were quite old back then. But Coach Gertie knew immediately that I was not cut out for football and thought it was kind of cute that I was going to try for the football team uh, and made me the water boy so he kept me around but anyway my daughter Ava that's not the point of the story has been playing soccer now for a couple of months a few months and has greatly improved like immensely improved last week she played a game that her team decided that they didn't want to kick the ball out of their half of the field so she had I'm not kidding over 20 shots on goal and, and blocked all but two and so just killed it. She's she's doing such a great job and really getting invested. That said, it's not about her. It's about me. Last week, my wife came with me. Jennifer came with me to the game and pretty much, pretty much told me I am being that dad, uh, yelling too much and telling the kids how to play. And I, t- to be fair, I did 
sign up to be one of the coaches for this league but uh, was not chosen. Maybe they knew what they were getting themselves into. But uh, I was super excited to start like watching Ava play and then realized that my blood pressure just for for about, you know, it's not an hour, but they play for 50 minutes. Um, but my blood pressure goes up so much during those games because I'm just yelling and screaming and trying to get the girls to run faster. And I've noticed that all these girls would be, except for a couple, would be really good at golf because they like hitting the ball and then just watching it go. And they don't actually run after it. So golf might be their sport of choice. But, man, it's it's intense. So if you're a parent out there that, that experienced that same thing, or if you're a parent that, like, goes to these games and just chills, like sits in one of those academy fabric seats or whatever they are, which by the BT dubs, the nice ones, uber expensive, super expensive. But uh, if you're one of those parents, let me know how you like relax. Do you take an Ambien before you go watch your kid play sports or something? Like, anyway, uh, she's got soccer rehearsal on Monday, every Monday. And yes, I call it rehearsal. And yes, I call uh, halftime intermission just to kind of keep that theater in her blood. Ladies and gentlemen, that's about all I've got today. Let's keep it short, Bobby, just for you, buddy. Uh, and oh, go Astros. Also, uh, Texas Thespians registration done skis closed. So I hope everybody got that stuff in. I know college extended to Monday, which this, that announcement won't help you much if you're listening to this after Monday, but, uh, I hope to see people there. I can't, I'm actually very excited about Texas Thespians. Um, very excited because I'm going to get to see your faces. Hopefully, hopefully sort of the top half of your face because I think we're all masking. Enjoy this podcast with Mr. Ronald Ronnie Watson. My theater journey began a long time ago in uh, the spring of 1969 in Mrs. Carter's kindergarten class at Asbury United Methodist Church private kindergarten. Me and some tall girl named Tracy, I wish I could remember her last name. All I know, she was taller than I am, and I'm six foot now, but she was tall. We had a a duet. It was part of a Winnie the Pooh song, I believe, and uh, a star was born. So, uh, no, I'm I'm kidding. Uh, But um, that was the first recollection I have of any kind of theatrical activity, unless you uh, count all the antics at my grandmother's house after lunch, after church on Sundays. But um, after that, um, I went into middle school and uh, I uh, appeared in the eighth grade play, It's Cold in Them Thar Hills. Yes. Uh, a a giant in the world of theatrical literature. Um, It was a hillbilly play. I believe I was Paul and that began my my career of playing the old guys. Um, I remember uh, in college, I used to say, I either play old guys or drunks or drunk old guys oftentimes. But um, uh, I went to uh, Texas State. Then it was Southwest Texas State. Actually, uh, I remember when they changed the name and I want to say 2000, maybe 2001, they sent me an email and asked me if I wanted a new diploma. And so I sent them one back that said, sure, but put PhD on it, would you? They neither did that nor responded. So I don't think they thought that was very funny, but uh, I got my BFA in acting from, uh, from Texas State. And I guess that was 1987, yeah, 1987. 
And I did what every college graduate does. You move to Austin and you live paycheck to paycheck. And uh, I had no, I was a BFA pre-professional acting program graduate. I had no intentions of becoming a teacher. Um, I had teachers in my family, but I, I had no intentions of doing that. I worked actually in mental health for a while in the Austin area. I worked in uh, adolescent psychiatric hospitals, which gave some great uh, character studies. But um, uh, and also, it was great preparation for teaching, too, because I dealt with pretty difficult behavior problems uh, in, in those kinds of places. But um, I did that for a while, and then uh, my good buddy, Mike Doggett, um, called me one day because we had both started the process of, of getting teacher certified because it you know just became obvious that if we wanted to do theater for a living, that was probably the best way to go. And we had both started that process and kind of petered out in the middle of it. And um, he had gone up to Waco and just to check out things at Baylor and see what the deal was. And he called me one day and said, hey, what do you think about going to grad school? And uh, I really hadn't planned on going to grad school. That really wasn't a blip on the radar, but uh, it all kind of happened. And so um, we both went to Baylor and, and got our master's degrees. And after that, uh, we packaged ourselves as a, a kind of a duet teaching uh, package. And we went all the way out to Odessa High School. Um, our good friend, Missy Head, was leaving and she wanted to make sure that she left her program in hands of people that she trusted, I guess. And so for some strange, bizarre reason, she decided she trusted us, but uh, uh, we did okay. Um, and then uh, Mike stayed and, and I left and went out on my own and I went to Sonora. So I was in Sonora, uh, Texas for a couple of years and then decided it was time to go back to Houston, which is my hometown. Um, so or I grew up in the Houston area. So I went back to the Houston area and taught in, uh, uh, I believe the first place I was was Jersey Village. And then I went to Klein and taught with Allison Frost for a couple of years at Klein. That was a great experience. And then uh, the last last place I was in Houston was A. Leaf Taylor. It was a brand new high school. So I helped them open up a brand new high school. And um, boy, that was that was a gargantuan task. People think, you know, you've got this big, beautiful building. What more could you ask? Well, there wasn't a single costume in that building. There wasn't a single piece of scenery, not a tool. I mean, we had a big, beautiful building with nothing in it that you have that you need to do theater with. So um, it was kind of exciting, though, to be a, 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 on the front lines and, and get to kind of establish all the procedures. And that lasted for four years. And then. Um, I was at a housewarming party for a friend of mine in the Houston area, and one of the guests was this guy named Jeff Hunt, and he was the, the chair of the theater and speech department at San Antonio College, and uh, I happened to make his acquaintance. He told me where he worked, and I said, oh, well, then you know my good friend Paula Rodriguez, because she taught there. He said, oh, yeah, I know her. We work together every day, and he says, by the way, there's an opening. You should apply. And I thought to myself, oh, Jeff, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty happy where I'm at. Uh, but the next morning I thought, oh, well, what the heck, why not? So I did apply and I ended up uh, getting hired. Uh, so I moved to San Antonio in 2005, I believe it was. And I was there until just this past May when I retired from San Antonio College and I was there for 16 years. So um, 
I, in terms of, uh, I, I'm a director. I, I did a lot of the designing there. I, I really fell in love with with sets and costumes, man. I'm, I'm not much of a lighting guy. I mean, right. I can do it, but uh, sets and costumes are really what I love doing in addition to directing. And of course, you know, at the junior college, we, we teach pretty much everything, but um, I was kind of in charge of the technical theater stuff. So, um, and enjoyed it there. It was just time to move on to a different phase. So I retired in May and moved up to the Dallas area. And here I sit. Where, where in Dallas or where I'm about? up in Frisco. Okay. Up in Frisco. I actually yeah. live right across the street from uh, Dr. Pepper Ballfield yeah. where the Rough Riders play. They're yeah. the farm team for the Rangers, I believe. Yeah. Uh, strangely enough, I haven't been to a game. They just finished their season. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and you can step out onto my balcony and turn your head to the right and see the star where the Cowboys practice. Yeah. So uh, sports is everywhere up here. Yeah, there's a great... I don't know what it was called, but uh, when Dr. Pepper Field first opened, there's a kind of a, a uh, <clears throat> I don't know what, a, not a not an outdoor, well, it's kind of an outdoor uh, venue with like restaurants and all this kind of stuff. There's a, there's a place, I believe it's right over there, or maybe it's next to the soccer stadium or something, but. Uh, uh, there is a big Toyota soccer stadium. That's, the yeah. Star is also the, uh, there's a bunch of yeah. uh, retail and restaurants around the Star yeah. as well. Okay, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But yeah, yeah it's, it's right, uh, just on the other side of the tollway. Frisco's blowing up, so. Uh, it sure is. Yeah. They just opened up their 11th, I'm subbing in the school district right now, just because I knew I couldn't sit at home and do nothing. <laughs> yeah. That lasted about three months, but it's great because I can do it when I feel like it, and yeah. when I don't feel like it, I don't do it. So, yeah. Have um, you been? Tomorrow, a theater gig, actually, which ha- is un. But have you been subbing 11th high school 11th wow yeah and they're going to open up number 12 uh next year so, so that's then pretty exciting it's similar to i guess your experience in sci fair then too because in sci you know sci fair although when you were at jersey village wasn't as big now it's no it's massive it, it's, as well it's huge now yeah, uh yeah. but um frisco keeps all their their high schools at 5a though they they, they won't do 6a high Got school it. so that's one of the reasons why they have so many Okay, that makes sense. But um, I just subbed. Actually, on Monday, I, I was at the the newest one that just opened, you know, four or five weeks ago. It's <laughs> wow. called Emerson. Nice building, yeah. brand new building. I went down and met the theater director, young guy, great. He's full of enthusiasm, which is great. Yeah. I said, hey, man, I've sat in your, your chair before. I know what a gargantuan task yeah. this is to open up a brand new school. Yeah. It's not easy. So Yeah, that's... Um... Uh, that's cool that you're subbing. I mean, have you subbed in a class that was completely over your head? Oh gosh, yes. Yeah, okay. I mean, in terms of content, yeah, I did <laughs> yeah. chemistry for a couple of days. It was, <laughs> I, yeah. I was a math teacher one day. I was like, guys, uh, uh, Monday I was the computer 3D animation teacher. I'm nice. like, look, I can't help you with this, so talk amongst yourselves. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's um, fun. It's, it's yeah. interesting. When I was at Dulles, they needed some coverage in a medical terminology class. Mm. And so for an entire semester, I was uh, Dr. Minor. I made the kids call me Dr. Minor because it was, you know, you it was medical terminology. Why not? You know, Dulles uh, in Fort Bend? They, yeah, I was in Fort Bend. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I didn't retain any of the information, but there were some smart kids in that class. I can tell you that. So I'm <laughs> sure. I'll, be, yeah, you? I'm sure I'll see them down the line, you know, performing some sort of operation on me when I, you know, when I need them most. But. Uh, that would be that would be beneficial. That would be optimum, so, right? So, what made you go to? Da- I'm working kind of backwards here, but what made you go to Dallas instead of coming back to Houston? It's you know that's a really good question, and people have asked me that, and my answer is I've always wanted to live in the Dallas area. Okay. So my attitude was, if not now, when? Right, sure. And so um, 
so far I like it, but I decided if I didn't, I would always go back. Yeah, I did I that. Yeah. Move again, right. I, I, w- I uh, went. But, but so far it's great. Yeah, I went and snatched my wife from Dallas. She's from Dallas. Oh, but, did you? You know, I had to oh. get. I had to give myself a year there to to be able to do it. So sure, sure. You know, uh, yeah. So I put in my time. Uh, so okay. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> place. Isn't it? So let's. I'm going to start from the beginning, chronological ish, uh, from what okay. you were talking about. Uh, first, I've got to start with the Winnie Pooh, Winnie the Pooh thing. Uh, do Do you remember that what you, your song that you sang, or do you remember? I do. I remember the lyrics. <laughs> okay. Well, the re- reason why I remember all these lyrics is because as a child, this was the modus operandi. Yeah. Uh, we had a we had a movie theater in Pasadena, Pasadena Texas. Yeah. is actually where I'm from. Okay. Uh, large. Well, you know where Pasadena yeah. is. Uh, and we had there was the Parkview Movie Theater on Spencer Highway, and uh, they would of course every Walt Disney movie that came out, both animated and non, came to that for Saturday matinees, and we would go to the movies and see the movie, and um, then after that, sometime the week after, we would go to a place, Globe Shopping City, long before Target, but yeah. it was the same idea, kind of, it was kind of halfway between Target and Kmart, <laughs> uh, and then get the album, you know, I'm talking vinyl, yeah. right, uh, for, for the listeners at home, uh, vinyl, <laughs> we, we had these brown black things called records probably most of the listeners know what that is but uh they're coming back so i was a real indoorsy kid i spent a lot of time uh, listening to records and you know like kids do over and over and over and over again so uh, i knew the words of that song long before i was required to sing it (laughs) do you do you remember any records that you uh ran the needle through that you kind of outdid? No, I don't think there were some that had some pretty heavy scratches yeah. on them. Yeah. But uh, uh, I, the ones I remember having the most uh, uh, Robin Hood, the animated yeah. Robin Hood, I had that one. I think I had, uh, I'm pretty sure I had Fantasia. Yeah. Although oh, yeah, I've yeah, never yeah. seen that movie. I didn't see that. Really? An adult. Oh, wow. Okay. You, so you've seen it that. since. You, you just oh, didn't yeah, see absolutely. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. yeah. I saw it long after the fact. Right. And of course, as a child, I didn't realize that all that music was, you know, classical, right. you know, bit big, but I did now. Sure. I had a really good music teacher in elementary school. Um, I lucked out. She really instilled in me uh, an appreciation for music. And I remember as a, as a high school student, she also directed the choir at the church I went to. Okay. So uh, what was a cool thing was that she was a, she was a widow. And so... Um, she and the secretary, I believe, from the elementary school would always get Houston Symphony tickets, season nice. tickets. And the the secretary couldn't go sometimes. And so when she couldn't go, I got to go. So I got to hear the Houston Symphony as a teenager play all kinds of cool wow. stuff, yeah. which really, really instilled an appreciation for music in me. Yeah, that's I cool. I tried to look her up not too long ago. I believe she lives up here in the Dallas area. Oh, She's yeah. got to be in her 90s, but... Uh, uh, I think she's still alive. I wow. would love to see if I could find her. Reconnect, but... yeah, that would be neat. Yeah, yeah. You should, uh, you know, when in the Houston area with the Houston Symphony, they uh, they now go to schools and perform at the schools. Oh, cool! Uh, and it's one of the coolest things. Uh, it really kind of hammers home that appreciation for for music. So, but yeah, they have a whole program that does that now. So, I, I'm sure Dallas has something you know equivalent oh, to I that bet but they yeah, do. Yeah. Uh, i haven't been up here long enough yeah. to know that much about yeah. it but uh so uh now i've got to i've got to switch to <laughs> you said you said that you played old man or drunk or a drunk old man <laughs> so yes in college you, know, you yes. can you can you 
take this for for whatever you will. It's kind of a funny question, but have you caught up? Um. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I believe I have. Okay. Uh, I just, <laughs> be, before I left San Antonio, I did uh, uh, several, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't act for at least 10 years. Yeah, um, It had been a 10-year gap. I, I had acted once for my friend Jim Amarella, who was my colleague yeah. at SAC. He had had an actor quit the show midstream, and he couldn't find, and he begged me to do the role. And I thought, well, I really didn't want to, but I thought, well, yeah, okay, I did. And it was fun. But then it, 10 years went by before I acted again, and yeah. I decided to get out, out the community. So I did some community theater, and I was usually cast in some of the older roles, which is fine. Uh, that, was, you, that was appropriate. You know, you've got much better hair than I do. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you look like a hip guy. Uh, oh, well, thanks. You know, so. So I think maybe you're like the Benjamin Button a little bit of of kind of maybe the acting you know you're you're kind of working back your mouth to God's yeah, ears I love go. it <laughs> there you go there you go I feel like I've got to compliment you now that I've asked you if you've caught up to the old man thing but Thank you know. <laughs> I, that. I remember having a conversation in the dressing room I believe we were doing Wizard of Oz and one of my younger castmates you know most of the kids in those shows were in their you know mid to late twenties or sometimes younger than that and he asked me he said ronnie don't you ever want to lead <laughs> i said ivan i had lots of leads when i was your age i uh, he says well why don't you audition for those kinds of parts and i said because i'm a director i know i wouldn't cast me in that role so why i mean i, I don't go for roles i know i'm not right for yeah good that's yeah. something a, a tv film acting teacher in at, at texas state instilled in us he said you go for the roles that you're right for. You don't audition for roles that you know you won't get cast in. So yeah, right. That was, that was pretty wise advice. Yeah, and it's something. It's wise advice now too. Yeah, so, <laughs> it sure is. Um, when you worked in a hospital, uh, well, not the working in the hospital part, but did any of that carry over to the classroom? Kind of the experience of working in that, and 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 I, I do. I think behavior management in the classroom really. I learned how to deal with problems. Um, and of course we had tools at our disposal in the, in the hospital that we can't do in the public schools, right. especially today. Right. Uh, when I think of some of the things I, I won't, I won't say that I did, but some of the things I said in the past, Oh my right. gosh, I'd be in so much trouble today. Uh, it, it's right. just a different, it's just a different animal. Um, I can tell that by when I go to sub in the high schools now. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, just not sweating the small stuff, I think, and and keeping the big picture in mind and, and thinking about what's really important. Yeah. What's really important and letting go some things that you just got to let go. Yeah. Know? What what's what's most important here? I think that's what I learned working there. Right. Yeah. Uh, did you ever have like a moment in a classroom and I'm talking more high school, not the college stuff necessarily, cause it gets a little yeah. more serious, but you know, we all deal with, uh, inner department relationships, uh, oh, sure. I, whether it be a, a, a an intimate relate, whether it be a, a, you know, people liking each other, you know, right. more, more intimately or whether it's just friends and friendships. Have you ever had to pull that kid by the ear or the scruff and say, look, there are bigger fish to fry. Uh, we, we've got um, some other issues to deal with. Uh, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it, most of, I can remember, I used to have some casting policies. And my casting policy was this. I, I give you three days or three rehearsals to be pissy about it. 
After that, you either put up or shut up. I'll give you three days to be pissy about it. Right. Uh, and that, that I, I will be happy to discuss my casting decisions with anyone. So long as you understand, number one, I'm going to tell you the truth. And number two, don't ask questions. You don't really want to know the answer to. Right. And that's hard for kids to understand because in, I think I, I remember as a teenager in high school, I mean, that was everything. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was life or death. And I think as adults, sometimes we forget that yeah. we forget what the stakes are for those kids, even college students. They, um, now, you know, now if I don't get cast, oh, well, yeah, I've got free time at night. You know, that kind <laughs> right, of thing. Right. I, I remember <laughs> that came up many years later, yeah. many, many years. I remember Brad Cummins, who I'm sure you know. Uh, I know Brad. Yeah, well, yeah, but uh, he when I started teaching in Fort Bend and got to know him a little better, and uh, he and my wife taught together. But um, he, you know, when he didn't advance, he would say, "You know, it sucks, but uh, now I can go kick my feet up and enjoy my family." You know, it's so exactly. there's al- there's always a silver lining to to right, uh, to right. some of those things. Yeah, yeah, that's right. good. So uh, I, I guess I didn't realize you opened a leaf Taylor. I uh, did. Yes, I did in 2001. Okay. Yeah. My, we grew up in the a leaf uh, school system. So really? uh, yeah, not okay. earlier than that. I, I'm, you know, I'm not as young as I know I look, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the camera. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, I, I was a Ken, I went to Kennedy elementary. My mom taught at a leaf and hall of middle. So, oh, okay. um, All right. you know, but this was in the seventies, eighties and early nineties. So it was, uh, yeah. uh, a, a while ago, but, but yeah, a leaf Taylor, um, if, if I, if I can be so bold speaking as, as an a leafite, I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but, uh, a, a leafian, a leafian. <laughs> I don't know leafian. what the term is. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Both are, both are pretty bad, but, uh, uh, you know, the, with Elsick and with, um, with with uh, Hastings, mm-hmm. their tradition of theater wasn't as strong, I don't think, until Aleef Taylor came along and kind of helped bolster. Because I remember, and and mind you, I'm not talking about the 80s. I'm more talking about the 90s. But um, gotcha. I remember gotcha. those high schools kind of tailed off a little bit uh, with departments. And I'm I don't know if that has to do with directors, which I don't think it does, because I know Eric Porter was there for a little bit, and he's great yeah. but but i know the the funding yeah the 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 support of those two schools in that department had had kind of tailed off but i remember when aleaf taylor came along first and i don't know if it was you <laughs> i don't know if it was just the the space you know because you're right that that school is is still pretty nice i mean it's still a pretty well, nice building. taylor was the was the first school they had built in 25 years right right yeah, and, I mean, so, and it was state of the art right. at the time. Yeah, um, I mean, it had a fly gallery. It was right. the only school in the in the district that had a fly gallery. I have some funny stories about that. But, uh, <laughs> so, well, just one, really. But yeah, yeah. So, I, is it safe for the podcast? Or oh yeah, it's oh, safe. Then, then, I, I remember. I mean, story time. Um, sure. Um, I rem- well, I was told that the way that they talked the school board into spending the funds to actually put a fly gallery in the auditorium was using this this rationale. We can do flying shows like Peter Pan. 
So what do you think my first interview question was? Yeah, what do you think of Peter Pan? <laughs> How do you feel about Peter Pan? <laughs> yeah. And so guess what the first production Aleve Taylor Theater ever did? Uh, Oklahoma. No, okay. Yes, yeah. <laughs> how did you know? No, actually it was Hamilton. No, okay, I'm kidding. Yeah. It was Peter Pan. Yeah, yes, yeah. We, 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 we did Peter Pan. Wow. I was blessed. I, we, I had a first-year teacher from Illinois uh, as the choir director, and he was gung-ho. He's still a very good friend of mine. He's in Toronto now. Um, but, well, he went to college in Illinois. I think originally he was from uh, Atlanta. But uh, So we mounted Peter Pan. It was, I was by myself that year, and then we yeah. added a second teacher the next year, and then a third the, the third year. So the, the, the program grew, that's for sure. Did So when you say fly for Peter Pan, did they... Like, did you bring in a ZFX or a or a, we had a foy to, or yeah. something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and they paid for that. Okay, good. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, I remember walking into the shop, and of course, there's not a single tool in there. Yeah. And my question was, okay, um, how am I going? I said, I if if I outfit this shop, I'll have no budget to do a right. play. So, and so I think they gave me a thousand dollars to go buy tools, <laughs> which which actually yeah. outfitted the shop. It's not not bad. too badly yeah, for yeah. the beginning, and then of course we added on to all of that through the next couple of years. But I was there for four years. Did they realize that you would have to bring in uh, rigging professionals and fly people, or was that was that something you had to introduce them to? I had to tell them that, but they didn't. They didn't balk. Okay. Okay. I mean, that, That's they, good. They wanted that to be a success. Yeah. They wanted to show off their new space. Yeah. They wanted to, um, and um, I thought we did pretty well. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it was we like most high schools today, like they're doing here in Frisco, opened with just freshmen and sophomores. Right. So I think they do that so that only one class has to be displaced from their old high school. Right. Um, and so, um, I think they do that to, so that kids don't get yeah. ripped out of their old school or not very many of them limit the so damage. We did that show with just freshmen and sophomores. Yes. Yeah. Wow. What, what other shows did you do there? Do you remember? Um, let's see. Well, we did, we, we participated in one act play that year. I believe we did the King stack. Okay. I can remember sitting in my theater classroom, teaching class and sewing costumes all at the same time. <laughs> we made most of the, or I, we, I made most of the costumes because I was by myself that first year. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else? We did, we did a really good production of Little Shop of Horrors. Um, I believe that was year two. Yeah. We did Susical the Musical. Okay. Um, what else did we do? Uh, I did a, a Christmas Carol one year. Yeah. Like the musical, the musical version. Oh, okay. No, okay, okay. no, we just did the, we just did the the straight play straight version. Play. Yeah, I yeah. forget yeah. who's. I mean, there's a hundred of yeah. those out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember doing a really good. Uh, Israel Horovitz did a pretty good version that we did it when I was at Texas State. Right. Um, but that was you know kind of ironic ago. that that he did a he wrote a good Christmas Carol, but anyway, <laughs> Israel yeah. Horowitz, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember doing his version, yeah. and it was really good. Yeah. It was really, really good. Uh, yeah, that's funny. I found out he is uh, his son is in the Beastie Boys. I didn't know that. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> Adam yeah. Horowitz is yeah. his son. I'm yes. like, wow. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Are you, are you a Beastie Boys fan? Not particularly. Okay, I, I just gonna, thought that, that was, uh, I was gonna, kind of from my error. But. Yeah, that would have changed the, the conversation dramatically. If, if <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate them. Yeah, yeah, but. yeah. 
But it's just not, it's not the first thing you hit play on, right? Yeah, right. that's that's not top of my playlist. Yeah, right. Okay. Good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there I mean, I'm a Jewish man, so uh, you know, the Beastie Boys are were born coming out of the womb, you know, we come out of the womb uh singing be- or you know, rapping Beastie Boys songs. So There you go. Yeah, All it's right. just in our blood. Uh so what are you looking forward to in retirement? I know you've gone to be a sub, but is there something you uh, you know, well, moving to Dallas is one thing that you've done that you yeah, have wanted to I've do. I've always wanted to do that, and I'm kind of looking for a creative outlet up here yeah. right now. Yeah, um, uh, I'll I'll figure something out. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I don't think a lot of folks in the area know I'm up here yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I do know people up here. Yeah. Uh, I know Greg Arpin Plano, yeah. and I know the Craigs over at in the Colony, and of course Missy's still around. Right. But she's she retired, but she's a uh, she's still in the area. So I know some folks yeah. around here. So hopefully we'll get something going on. We'll see. Yeah. I think, I think as a contest manager, you know, we see, uh, the address of the judges, the adjudicators that we try to, uh, sure. get, get contracted. So that may be when people start realizing, Oh, Ronnie's up in Dallas. Right. <laughs> so well, I'm doing a region in a couple areas up yeah. here. So, um, yeah. there uh, you this go. year at least. So yeah, there you go. Uh, well, stay, there's a theater up in Plano. I don't remember what it's called, but I did work for them, uh, a couple of shows, but they did Jaws the musical and, uh, it wasn't very good. So stay away from, uh, if you ever see Jaws the musical come, come around that needs, you know, actors or or technicians don't just, you know, that's my word of advice to you. (laughs) I'll I'll steer clear of that. Jaws Uh, the musical. I shudder at the thought. Yeah, right. It, yeah, well, <laughs> as you should. Um, so I'm going to ask you more of a of a uh, education kind of more in depth question about teaching and such. But sure. you you so you spent I think you said 16 years at San Antonio College. I was there uh, for 16 years? Yeah. And uh, and and after I don't I didn't do the math, but after what about 15 and uh, public high school about uh, 11. 11. 11 okay. in public high school. So. Yeah. Uh, if you could go back to teach high school theater, I know you're subbing now, so it's a little mm-hmm. different, but if you could go back to teach high school theater, uh, what was something in college with those kids that you saw that you would try to get the high school students to understand before they head off to uh, community college or university? I would try to get them to understand that everything they do reflects on them as a theater practitioner, whether it's intentional or not. I used to tell the kids at SAC, you are auditioning every day. Think about that. Um, Everything they do reflects on them as a practitioner. And so they need to think about the impression they're creating, not just in rehearsal, not just in auditions, not just in performance, but in the classroom right. and always in between the classes. I mean, that's that's something that you have to be a reliable person. Yeah. And that's something that's kind of rare these days yeah. or getting rarer, I think. And that's kind of a shame. Yeah. But we don't get to push opening back three days because we're not ready. Right. We, we open when we open and ready or not here it comes. Yeah. So um, that's the thing that comes to mind the first. Right. 
and and to open their open up their horizons. Don't think of themselves just as an actor. Or uh, I tell people all the time, the world has too many actors. There's not enough jobs for all of them. Learn how to do something else in the theater. Learn how to sew costumes. I did. I have no formal training in costuming. Maybe a, a course or two in graduate school. I taught myself how to do that kind of sort of. Uh, learn how you know how to hang lights. Do do something to get your foot in the door. That way, you're in. At least they know who you are. They know what your name is. They know that you're serious about being there. You want to contribute to the to the organization somehow. So. I try to impress that. I used to start my uh, stagecraft class at, at San Antonio College with the actors' equity report, and and show them how abysmal it is <laughs> to be a professional stage right. actor because right. the, the the stats just aren't in your favor. Right. You know that, and I know that, and I'm not sure they do. And and I just I I always pull the latest report. It's usually a year and a half, maybe two years late, but. And I show them, you know, look, these are the people that had the credentials to get into the union. Yeah. You don't just pay your fees like the chess club and you get in, you know, you had to, you had to have credits to do this and they're, they're barely making a living. Yeah. So learn how to do something else. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. Uh, the, the thing that I try to instill in my high school kids is, you know, what I'm teaching you is practical. Uh, you know, yeah. it should be something that you can take and use, not just in theater. Because the students I'm teaching now at a at a private school, they they don't use the word private; they use the word independent school. So it's you know, okay. it sounds a little nicer, but uh, yeah. but uh, the, the some of those things that we teach them are those kids are not going off to be theater students. You know that we have one kid auditioning at like the Greater Houston auditions, and you know, interested in all that stuff. So. Uh, but I, I constantly tell the kids so that they buy in, you know, it's stuff that you're going to practice, use practically you're teaching them critical thinking yeah. there's an education buzzword and problem solving. Yeah. I mean, what job does any adult have where you don't have to critically think and problem solve? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there just aren't any, I mean, that's, yeah. I put that in my bio for, uh, the adjudicating organization. Yeah. I truly believe that theater teaches students skills that they can apply to any field of yeah. endeavor. I really do believe that. Yeah. The, it's not just some catchphrase to make yeah. it sound nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, but it does though. I mean, you know, it does. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's good. I mean, it's weird that you have it tattooed on you, but other than that, you no. know, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, today, uh, you know, as we record this today, we got an email saying, can, can, uh, you all bring your, or can you all remind your students to, uh, fill out these little sticky notes and post them on this big poster board in appreciation mm-hmm. for our custodial and maintenance staff. And just to show them, they want to give them a big nice. old. And I, I replied with, I'll bring my kids down uh, at the beginning of class to which I got to reply. Don't you need to be, uh, you know, I don't want to interrupt the teaching to which I replied, this is part of the teaching. This is, sure. you know, the, the, the creating these kids that, that appreciate what's around them is that's not necessarily exclusive to theater but no. it's part of it's it's definitely education and so uh i it's think that won me some human being yeah that won me some gold stars you know so that good was good yeah, that's thanks. great i appreciate but it, it, should have. it <laughs> should yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> hopefully i won't see it in a paycheck though but that's all right that's okay well, you yeah know. so is there is there a show that you uh wish you had done in your time uh in the classroom 
that you oh, didn't gosh, end up getting to do. Lots of shows oh. I wish I'd done. And I'm not so sure I'm, I'm finished directing or designing either. Um, you know, I'll just have to do it someplace else. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's interesting, though, because, uh, you know, my, my background started off as being an actor. Right. And people ask me, you know, is there a show that you just are dying to do? And, and the list is different. My directing list is very different than my yeah. acting list. Um, and I was very fortunate to get to do a lot of the shows that I always wanted to act. Directing, maybe not, maybe not. I, I mean, I love historical drama. I love historical drama. I've always wanted to do Alan Bennett's The Madness of King George. I guess it's George III, the play version. I think the King George is what they called it in the film because they were afraid to be stupid Americans would think that if they called it George III, they would think it was like Rocky III instead of, you know, George III. Or, or George but the what Jungle happened to or the something. Madness of yeah, King, yeah. King George II and the Madness <laughs> of King George I. But uh, that's a great film too. Uh, yeah. But uh, I've always wanted to do that. I just never had enough guys, you know. There's a lot of men in that show. That's a huge cast. But I love doing huge cast shows though. I did Amadeus while I was at SAC. Yeah. I was pretty proud of that one. Um, we did Government Inspector not too long ago. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, did so? Do you know what uh, translation you did of that one? We did the one that they uh, commissioned up at the Guthrie. Okay. I, I forget who. I forget who. Um, off the top of my head, yeah. who actually adapted that? Yeah. But we we used that one. Um, it was a little more streamlined than the right. original. Right. The original Russian version, but um, yeah, uh, that was that, a, that was a lot of fun. That that's was a lot of fun. that show uh, for many reasons uh, hits me in a lot of different areas, <laughs> and and I don't want to get depressing by any means. But that's the show I was sitting in tech. That's the show that my mother passed away during. That's mm. you know this was sixteen years ago, so I, I've I've since coped. But uh, but the the other reason that show hits me so hard in the feels is because I did it at uh, the University of Houston with Kevin Rigdon and oh, okay. he, he designed I know Kevin yeah the the ugliest set I've ever seen as a lighting designer <laughs> and he really he knew what he was doing he he chuckled about it you know he he can be I love Kevin to death he's a huge mentor but he can be somewhat conniving you know sometimes ah. when it comes to that kind of stuff and and kind of gets you to learn he, he has an interesting way of teaching his students uh but his way of his way of doing this was uh, a completely yellow set so the walls that traditional russian uh architecture completely yellow no no texture no no nothing yellow and then a red floor completely ketchup red it was ketchup and mustard and i was the lighting designer it was his way of you know just really uh teaching me (laughs) the 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 most unique ways to light a set because if you if you're not a lighting designer you don't realize what those colors can do to you uh especially when that's the only color on stage so busting your chops yeah oh yeah yeah i learned a lot i learned (laughs) i learned a whole lot during that just that just those few days of of of, uh designing that show but anyway whoo uh that i didn't realize people still did that show so the 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 history thing um I, I'm the same way. I'm a history minor. I got my my minor uh, from UH in history, and but I studied wars. I studied wartime history, 
Uh, so, my father was really big into war movies, and he I yeah. think he was he would have probably been a history major yeah. as well. He became an engineer, but uh, oh. history was he loved. I mean, anytime Bridge Over the River Kwai, I can remember waking up at three in the morning hearing them whistle <laughs> several times as a child. Um, uh, I, I knew that song before I was out of elementary school. That's but funny. Uh, yeah, I love historical drama. Only because I think it uses real events to to prove other points right. or to make other points, and getting students to realize that when I when you see that light bulb turn on, that was yeah. so exciting to me. As as I remember when we did Amadeus, I told the cast, I said, "This show could potentially really change your life." Yeah. I'm not being over dramatic when I tell you that, because this show is so much more than about these two men who lived. 300 years ago yeah this is about how we as artists deal with failure yeah uh so i i don't want to keep you too much longer uh oh that's that's fine but uh well you know my listeners have a short attention span but gotcha uh, oh okay (laughs) well just one in particular uh billy dragoo but uh Oh, but, I know Billy. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny because you're sitting here sipping on a, a Whataburger cup every every weekend uh, or, or every Sunday this comes out. He goes to Sonic and gets, I believe, a Diet Coke or it may be Diet Dr. Pepper, but he'll definitely correct me on it. But uh, okay. uh, but uh, and he just sips that thing. I'm assuming it's the larger one. Um, Probably. You know, and he, I think they call those Route 44. The Route 44, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so it's just kind of funny, but no, I love, I love Billy, but, um, let's turn to UIL real fast, just for, just for a little bit. So, uh, you've seen UIL grow quite a bit over the past, you know, over your, over your, uh, career, the, the 30 years of, of education. Uh, well, then as a student too, I mean, my first UIL experience was in 1979 as a freshman in high school. Okay. And, and so is that, is that what made you... Is that what made you uh, uh, fall in love with the world of Texas theater, or were you already kind of were mm. you okay with just any type of theater? Because you know there are a lot of people that, and and a lot of people agree with this, and they say it, not necessarily me, but uh, that UIL theater one act play in Texas is unlike any type of theater uh, that you really find around the country. Well, it's the largest theater festival on the planet. Yes, right. Exactly. I mean, that's just a statistical fact. Um, my, my thoughts about UIL were, I mean, you know, it, it has its detractors and it had, I, I believe that without the one act play contest specifically, we wouldn't have theater in the curriculum right. in the state of Texas. I really do believe that. And so is it perfect? No. Yeah. Um, but I give credit where credit is due. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's my thoughts about that. What's a what's a big change that happened during your time that you were so excited to see that kind of made you take a deep breath and say, "Ooh, this is this is great," and 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 try to choose something other than the panel. <laughs> I was so against that panel. Oh, okay, okay. And having served on several, I'm so 180 now yeah. about that. Yeah, um, I think. It's exciting how the schools in Texas have embraced technology in their technical elements of the one act play. I mean, I see things on stage that weren't even possible. Even when I started teaching in 1994, um, 
that's exciting to me. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that the contest allows for that and it, that it's morphed and changed a little bit to allow those kinds of things to happen. Right. Um, it really has embraced creativity right. and not prevented that from happening and yet maintained an even playing field. Right. Some would disagree with that, I think, but um, that's exciting to yeah. me. Yeah, I, I um, you know, I'm of the camp that uh, the playing field is as even as you want to make it, and and um, you know, it's not right. always about it's not always about uh, money. It's also just no. about creativity and and just kind of the hustle uh, in a way. That's that's just kind of my opinion after. Teaching Some of the it. best one-act plays I've seen are on a blank stage. Yes, so, exactly. You know. Yeah, I, I remember seeing one uh, my first year teaching. We went to state to watch. Not, <laughs> we, I I constantly like to tell people, oh, yeah, I've, I've been to state numerous times. Um, uh, <laughs> I used to go every year. Yeah, I, to, I mean, like, <laughs> I probably hold the record. But anyway, uh, but uh, not competing. But, yeah, there was uh, a play, and I don't remember the school that did it. I, I remember that it was a, a Lope de Vega play. Uh, that was a blank stage and it was uh, you know they had some good costumes on and, and some things like that but it was all about the language and uh, I just was, it was it in Hog Auditorium uh, it was uh, it was I think it was in Bass uh, oh, okay. but I could all be right. it could have been in Hog I honestly I don't remember this was this would have been 2007 so uh, okay. so 2008 right. actually two seven to eight that school year so um but yeah, I don't remember exactly what the school was, but I remember seeing that thinking that was really cool. I mean, you know, it kept you engaged. You didn't need all the, the, the fluff and everything. Not that the fluff is bad. I, I love the fluff because it's my Billy career. Billy would know who that was. Yes. Oh, I know. Billy, Billy would know everything. It's disgusting how much that man retains. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, Billy's the true historian. I mean, he really is. That's yeah. That's part of why uh, uh, for for TXCTA when they ask for nominations for you know these new officers, these new positions, and somebody has to replace Billy Dragoo as as historian, I'm just like, <laughs> man, just wow. Uh, it's that's a tough tough act to follow. You know, very big shoes. Yeah, to fill. very big shoes to fill. But I'm sure he's also very giving with his information. So uh, he's going to pass on that. His I'm assuming he's got something where he keeps all that documented, but. Oh, I'm sure there's a yeah, database somewhere. I hope something. it's not his brain. That would be unfortunate, but uh, <laughs> so sticking, sticking on one act play a little bit. Uh, when did you become an adjudicator? Right. When you started at, at San Antonio I did, college in, in, in spring of 2006. Okay. And uh, is that something you knew you wanted to do or. Uh, Actually at first it was something I knew I didn't want to do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> As a as a high school director, I thought I, I don't want to do that. Right. I don't want to be in a position because I just remember how tense and how high the stakes were, and I, yeah. I didn't want to be that person that disappointed all those kids. and And I don't know what changed my mind, but uh, and these this is back in the day of single judges right. too. Right. Um, but uh, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. And I I I do enjoy the panel. Yeah. I do enjoy the panel. I think it's uh, I think that was a good idea. Yeah. I really do. I, I didn't at first. I I, I was not convinced. Uh, and I did a couple of them and I thought, yeah, I think maybe this is the way to go. Yeah. 
have you have you had to be a, a singleton since like there because there's still a couple I contests have, yeah, yeah i have i got i got invited or i got asked to do a a 6a oh. by district in north houston and i walked in the room and every director in that room was somebody i knew right <laughs> either somebody i worked with a friend of mine someone I had competed. And so I just started the director's meeting by said, let's address the elephant in the room. Yeah. I mean, I know all of you and yeah. you all know me. And so thank you for the confidence you have shown in me, but I'm going to do what I, what, what you're paying me to do yeah. today. So yeah. In a, in a way that might be a better thing that, you know, everybody instead of, true. you know, knowing because then that there's always that human element of, Oh, well, he, he knows Mike Doggett. So that's why why, Mike was at that contest. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But I mean, that's, you know, that kind of thing. There's always that, that, that element of uh, obviously he advanced him. That's his friend, that kind of thing, which, so if, if, if you know everybody, (laughs) it's, I mean, I guess true. true. that's very true. Yeah. So, and and you know, as well as I do, especially in Texas theater, if you've been in it for a while, there's very few people you don't know. Yeah. So uh, I want you to, I want you to try to think of a show that you saw as an adjudicator uh, that you had seen a million times, maybe as an adjudicator or whatever, as a theater person that you kind of, and I know as adjudicators you're trained because I sat in the training for a little bit when we hosted um, and, and Mark uh, led the training, uh, Mark Piquel. And, and he, he mentions, you know, you got to go in clean minds, clear your mind. Don't, don't have any preconceived notions, but again, there's that human element of, it's hard to do. You know, sometimes. yeah. You know, I've seen a hundred R towns. So, um, is there a show though that you went in kind of like, okay, I, I hope, I hope they show me something different, and they did, uh, and they yeah, kind of blew you out. Of, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. There, there are plays where I read the script and I go, oh god, I'm not. I'm so not looking forward yeah, to this. Right. And it completely changes yeah. my mind. Yeah. The, the the script I think of the most in that is the girl in the mirror. Okay. Yeah. Has there, has there ever been a show that you've seen at contests that you didn't know that you ended up going on and uh, directing or uh, working on? Absolutely. Okay. Well, um, there was a show that was recommended to me. I didn't actually see it, but, uh, and that's Itamar Moses' Bucket Leipzig. Okay. <laughs> which, which really. Wow. Oh. Yeah, there's a history. A fun yeah. script. Yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah. Um, we had such a good time doing that because that, that, that play is so smart. Yeah. And even if you don't get the whole music metaphor stuff, it's still smart and funny. Right. I mean, it works. It's kind of like you're a good man, Charlie Brown. That show works on two different levels. Yeah. You know, if you're a little kid, you just love all the colorful stuff. And, but when you're an adult, you realize all the adult stuff in yeah. there too. And it's just so so poignant and the uh, bucket Leipzig is kind of that way too. Yeah. I, I was very fortunate. We share a building at SAC with uh, the music department. And so the music faculty that came to see it just loved it because it was, you know, it was all about music. The whole yeah. play is a fugue of words and Bach wrote fugues. And so if you get that, it's, it, you just realize how brilliant this guy was, yeah. the, the playwright. Um, Real young guy. I think he did a couple of stuff, things uh, here at the Dallas Theater Center as well. Right. I know he was the script supervisor for Boardwalk Empire on Showtime. Okay. But um, 
I read an interview about him, with him about that play and he said the idea came to him in a, in a music class he had to take outside of his major. They At Yale Drama School, they make you take, I guess, one course. Well, I think Baylor did the same thing for us in yeah. grad school. You have to take a class outside of theater. And so he took a music history class and that's where he found out about this incident that inspired that play. Wow. I found that <laughs> that's brilliant that yeah. was just brilliant yeah that that kind of stuff i mean that that dramaturg stuff you gotta you know look into that you know that's that's what right. i was uh you know uh, we were so fortunate because i don't know if you know becca becca warley she's at uh she's at east texas not east texas state what texas a&m commerce okay. now uh she was a an adjunct for us that semester and she was abd with her dramaturgy PhD. So she did all the dramaturgy for me. It was great. Yeah, yeah. It was great. Yeah. That, uh, to, to find out that, you know, Italian opera singers were paid more than any other because they thought they were better and <laughs> how much a loaf of bread cost back then and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It was, I just, I'm such a geek for all that kind of stuff. Well, uh, Ronnie, I want to thank you for coming on. I want to end with, oh, uh, with one last thing. I, I always try to get some sort of advice or you know, profound knowledge or, you know, the, the, a fortune cookie, if you will, of, of just, uh, of words to, to kind of encourage some people. And usually I try to lead down the new teacher world. Like if you're a new teacher, uh, what should you be looking out for? If you're a new teacher, uh, what's some, what's some words of encouragement? Uh, your, this, this episode's going to probably drop middle of October. And so teachers are going to start you know, I think middle of October is when we, you start getting that, that fall, fall, if you will, uh, sure. where you want to get something to pet back up and, and right. all that kind of stuff. So what I want you to do is what, what I, what I, uh, uh, call the gas up, if you will, I get that. I steal that from another podcast I listen to, but, uh, sure. sort of give some, give these new teachers or, or even struggling teachers right now. My wife is currently in a situation where she's, you know, not enjoying her new uh, school and, and for one reason or another. And, and I've said that on previous episodes and, and mm-hmm. so could use a little boost, could use a little oomph as to uh, why they, they should just, they'll be okay. Why, why everything will be just fine. I think a little bit of that has to do with just the kind of world situation we're in. Uh, sure, uh, sure. but, but there are other reasons too. So I'm stalling a little bit to give you some time, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, to, to think about just, Hey, it's all right. You'll, everything will be fine. You know, I think it helps to never lose sight of the big picture. It's so easy to get wrapped up in the minutia of all the everyday stuff that we have to endure and it is endurance but always remember the big picture theater teachers especially i think are those kids lifelines first year teachers you have students in your class that your class is the only reason they come to school so be there for them like you are every day uh, and don't forget that. It's easy to forget that. But um, there are kids that have that, that are struggling desperately to find a place to belong, a place where they're important, where they feel important, a place where they feel like they're part of the group. And your class or your project or your play, that's that's it for them. So don't forget that. 
don't forget that it's so easy to forget that and get wrapped up in all the paperwork and the all the well I call it edu babble all the edu babble yeah uh, d- don't don't get try not to get wrapped up in that the big picture is that you're there for a reason and so are they that they want to be there that's why I loved being a theater teacher nine times out of ten they were there because they wanted to be yeah. not because they had to be minor wisdom